Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time, They Might Be Giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with first-time guest Meredith Price to talk about the beloved B-side nightgown of the sullen moon found on Miscellaneous Tea, the then compilation, and many other places. So here we go. Fell on the door and you fell on the floor With your hand on the knob, looking up in a drop They forget what you're thinking, fire alarms go up in your head You live in the nightgown of the sullen moon How the windows lean into the room In the nightgown of the sullen moon Drug trip, it's not a drug trip, so you feel a bit insulted Spacewalk is like a spacewalk with the corresponding way Lost in your nothing but air with your hand in the air And your shoelaces tied up together with care There's a feeling of boredom of the big boredom Following dressing up in the nightgown of the sun and moon the Meredith, welcome to the show Thank you for having me, it's truly an honor <laughs> Please, please, your flattery is totally unwarranted Um yeah, th- thanks for being flexible with my moving stuff around and notes being late. It's really just a hectic, hectic week. Yeah, it's no problem. I'm excited to play shows, though. I mean, this whole COVID thing, you know, you might have yeah. heard of it. You might have yeah. heard of it. We played, like, my band, I mean, two bands. I've played, like, maybe, like, three shows in the past couple of years. Oh, wow. Like, I think Outdoor Valor played maybe one show in 2021, maybe one show in 2020, like outdoor shows. Doppelpopolis managed a couple more, but still, like, very few shows. And now we're playing two in a week. <laughs> so, wow. Well, that's I'm, awesome. Yeah, it's a little nutty. But the vin- they're at the same venue. They're going to let us keep our gear at, like, in the locked back room of the venue so that when we come back on Friday, it's just already there. It's like <laughs> we're... Great. The resident band. I know, I mean, they might be giants. I, I I don't know off the top of my head. I know there were there were some venues that they played in New York City in the early days, you know, in, in Brooklyn and in Manhattan and wherever that they were playing like once a week or something. Wow. You know, like almost like a residency. Right. Uh, I'd have to look it up to know off uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but they played constantly. I mean, that's how you get known. But in a town like Lafayette, it's a little different than New York. Yeah, we have we have one good venue, and we're playing it twice this week. <laughs> so uh, I don't know all too much about you. I don't think we've even been friends on Facebook for all that long. Um, where uh, where are you at? Where do where I you live? live? Oh, I yeah. live in Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Okay. Yes, yes. I do remember looking that up because I knew we were both on the East Coast. 
when it comes to scheduling, you know, when people are on the West Coast, they're like, well, that's like still during the work hours. And then I have right. to do like record like middle of the night. No, it's not that bad. The, I have had people in Europe record in the middle of the night for me. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, oh, it's fine. Like Abby's it's like, but that would be like 1 a.m. for you. She's like, that's fine. <laughs> It's fine, Abby Bash, our artist. We need to know, I mean, most importantly, we'll get to know you as we go. Most importantly, the people want to know your story of your fandom uh, of They Might Be Giants. So you are a fresh-faced 25-year-old. How did you get into this 40-year-old band? (laughs) Well, I feel like a lot of people my age or around my age were introduced um, through their kids' albums. Um, mm-hmm. cause those were coming out kind of in like the early two thousands. Um, but that was not the case for me. Yeah. My parents, you know, they have great taste in music, but they were not really, um, familiar with, they might be giants beyond like Istanbul and birdhouse and your soul. True. Um, so it wasn't until I was 13. Um, I think I, the, when I first heard about them was through Hank Green, um, okay. he was doing that vlog brothers podcast with his brother, John mm-hmm. green. Yeah. And I, and he was making music at the time. I don't really think he still makes me, I just know him now on TikTok. He's on TikTok all the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> A what, what talk, tick, what, TikTok, no. TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> but he was making music at the time that I really liked. And I think he did, he might've done some covers of they might be giant songs or he might've mentioned yep. the name. Um, but that no, he was, did. I'm trying to place. I'm trying to place exactly because there aren't a ton, but I know he's been on one or two uh, covers sections. Yeah. Mm. Well, keep going. I might be able to figure it out. <laughs> so th- that was in like 2010, I think. I was like 13. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't enough for me to like look them up. It wasn't until I was like walking somewhere with my friend. This was like the summer before uh, eighth grade. Um, and she was like, oh, whenever I'm sad, I just listen to Istanbul by They Might Be Giants. <laughs> and so she handed me her earbud and I listened to it and I was like, oh my God. I was like, this is amazing. And after that, it was just like a deep dive into all their stuff. Um, and I was actually kind of mad, like at the world for like keeping it from me, <laughs> like at my parents and at the world. I was like, I am already 13 years old. No, no, I've never heard of them before. The How did it take old me? Age. Yeah, right. I was like, right. How did it they, take they, this long? Yeah, they'd been existence. They'd been in existence for your whole existence, and yeah. you're just now finding out about them. I, I did figure out he's been on two of the cover sections: "She's an Angel" and "For Science." He's covered both of oh, those. I'm gonna Hank, have to look those up Hank and listen Green. to those again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, and then shortly after, I joined the online fandom on Tumblr. This was in like 2010. And it just like mm-hmm. took off from there. <laughs> yeah. Back when people were on Tumblr. Now it's just they might be giants on Tumblr. <laughs> no, I don't know. Do you use Tumblr anymore? No, I don't. No. It was weird. It, it was like a big thing for me from like 2010 until like 2015. And then I was like, this is dumb. I mean, blogging, I mean, it's essentially a blog service and reblogging thing. So, I mean, blogs are very much a teenager's game. I mean, I was, yeah. you know, I was using uh, using it as a way to, the person that had designed one of our uh, old websites for our band, um, they designed it all and we had the URL and all that, but they fixed it so that I could update the news myself by putting a, a Tumblr post and it would pop over to the 
the new section of the website. So oh. that was like the only reason I was going to Tumblr. Yeah. And then I wasn't really doing that anymore either. And but I made one for the podcast for the same reason to have it update to like the Squarespace or whatever the hell. And um but I've since ditched that. So now, as far as I can tell, the only people on Tumblr are uh, John Flansburg and the people that really want to ask John Flansburg questions. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the, it's literally the only reason I type in a, a Tumblr web address these days is to find out like, oh, I forgot which drum machines they used. I know Flans said which ones they used for each album. Let me look that Tumblr post up again. <laughs> And I remember when they first got on Tumblr, because it was when the fandom was already going strong and me and yeah. all these like other teenagers were like freaking out because we were posting all kinds of like fanfics and like ridiculous stuff. Like, and we were like, yeah. oh, no, yeah. they're going to find all of our posts and they're going to freak <laughs> out. Oh, stuff. OK, stuff about They Might Be Giants. Yeah. <laughs> they Might Be Giants fan fiction. I, I want to know what kind of adventures the Johns were getting into. <laughs> it was uh <laughs> interesting (laughs) (laughs) let's just leave it at that um yeah (laughs) awesome yeah it's you know it it must be weird to uh i don't know it'd be cool but also weird to to find things like that like as i mean to us they're famous people would they consider themselves famous i don't know but they've done a lot you know with their musical careers i would say they're famous famous enough that people are doodling them and drawing i mean i've got artwork up on my wall here of them made by various people abby and seymour and lauren all these people that have done art that i have up on the wall i mean i've got this the two-headed johnster (laughs) this is made by seymour schmidt the two-headed johnster i should repost (laughs) a picture because it is very cute (laughs) that's awesome like can you imagine if like (laughs) you know you, for whatever reason, there were people that were fans of you for, you know, anything, and you found out that they made a puppet of you. Yeah. What would you think? <laughs> I don't know. It'd be flattering, but also like, oh, okay. I'm right. Go over here now. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So have you dug into, so I mean, you've been into them for like, 10 years yeah a little more so that's a while i mean you've you've had plenty of time to get into every i mean are you into everything obviously you're into the old stuff you picked a deep cut Uh, yeah do you dig it all you caught up with all the discography i've listened to all of it i'm not and i like most of it like almost all of of it it. okay there are some songs you know obviously there are some songs that i'm like eh that's it's okay but there's I'll enough it. where it's like there's enough of them where it's like oh good song after good song after good song i'm like this is my favorite band yeah so yeah i guess another question for um someone your age because this kind of changed as i've gotten older and the way music consumption has changed are you a playlist person or a full album listen person so when i was first getting into them it really wasn't by al- album by album. It was like, oh, here's a song. And then like YouTube recommendation. Next one. Like, listen mm. to that one. Oh, here's mm. another YouTube recommendation. And this was back when it was like after, you know, like LimeWire was gone. But yeah. it was before they really cracked down on all the piracy. So I could Google like flood zip download yeah. Yeah. and like download the whole album and just like put it on my iPod. 
This is John Flansburg. I'm listening on the line. <laughs> and I must <laughs> you're going to have to come with me. Right. <laughs> Either purchase the album or or uh, we're taking you away. So yeah, I don't know. I might have actually purchased a couple songs, but I think most of it was like just downloaded <laughs> from the internet. Whoop. Free. Yeah. <laughs> mm. But I do have some of their vinyls that I purchased. There you so. go. Oh, you're the age that you say vinyls with an S. <laughs> Is that not correct? No, no. It's it's taken over with the, the younger demographic people that, yeah. It's a vinyl record. So you could say records. Okay. Time plural. Uh, I'm going to buy some vinyl. I mean, vinyl can be singular or plural like i'm gonna go buy some vinyl you know i'm going to the record yeah. store i'm gonna buy some vinyl i'm gonna buy this on vinyl uh it's made of vinyl like vinyl is a is a substance like right. it's the type of plastic that's made from so i'm buying plastics i don't know it's just like it's a weird thing like it's a record like yeah i'm gonna go buy an album oh you're gonna get it on cd i'm gonna get it on vinyl i'm gonna get a record i'm gonna get a uh, you know a cd a cassette whatever it's just i don't know it's it 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 start when it started popping up a few years ago like just a few years ago i started hearing people saying it and i was just like laughing i'm like <laughs> it's either typo or like what i don't know what that is and then it just kept coming up i'm like are people trying to like force this into being a thing because it's never been a thing <laughs> Like if you talk to like grandpa or whatever or great grandpa whoever's buying records they were just calling them records. Yeah. You know, it was a vinyl record. It's a record that's made of vinyl, right? I don't know. Right. It's just it's just a very random thing. Vinyls. <laughs> we should ask on Tumblr what Flans thinks yes. of vinyl versus vinyls. He probably gives some like cryptic answer. <laughs> probably. Or he'd do the old man thing like me and be like, You're wrong saying right. vinyls. Who says that? Only people that started buying vinyl in the past couple of years yeah <laughs> anyway anyway uh nightgown of the sullen moon first time i heard it was on the then the earlier years collection which is a yeah. double cd you may have seen it it's in the old school chunky double cd I have case the actual cd yes yeah. <laughs> all right and i love that because they don't make double cds like that anymore i think you know i mean i had CD shelves with slots for every CD and it would have like a double CD slot like at the nice. every 10 like whatever it'd have a double so like Tommy by the Who had a double you know the white album but now they just it's just a regular size jewel case with the flip you know so yeah. I like that I still have some of those chunky double CDs on there I wonder if, if they still sell it on CD and if they've redone it the artwork like in there is so beautiful Oh, it's great. I love it. Right. So I don't know if they'd want to cram it into just one. I mean, the booklet could still be the same. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, really, it is just the black plastic thing that the disc. So there's not really any art on that. You could change it because I do remember buying Tommy once as a double CD and then something happened to it. And when I bought it again, it was in a single case. But yeah. So I wonder if they would redo it or just keep it classic. Right. So on there, it was... You know, they had the two, the first two albums, right? So mm -hmm. after, on the second disc, after Lincoln ends, yeah, so then you get someone, Hell Kissed Me, God's 18, so then it starts the B-sides with Hello Radio, track 19, It's Not My Birthday, 20, I'll Sink Manhattan, 21, Night Count of Sun and Moon, 22. 
But people that are even more OG than me, I mean, it was first on, the, they'll need a crane EP, which I need to get a hold of. That's something I want on vinyl. <laughs> uh, it's a track four. You know, they'll need a crane. It's not my birthday. I'll sing Manhattan, Night on the Sun Moon. Now, that's that's an EP right there. I almost picked It's Not My Birthday, but I like Nightgown a little bit better. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. It's Not My Birthday. It's a very quotable one. It is. For anyone's birthday. <laughs> Anytime it's my birthday, I get a million things tweeted at me and on my Facebook wall about people lunging at me or whatever, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah. And then so Nikon was also on the Enning um, release, which was basically, I think, in the U.S., like a promo. So it was sent out like to promote Anna Ng, and they stuck that at number two, also with It's Not My Birthday After That, and then Lie Still a Little Bottle. Um I think probably a good majority of people learned about it from Miscellaneous Tea Mm -hmm. and then, right? So Miscellaneous Tea was in 1991. So people that had found out about them from uh, Flood, obviously they made a lot of fans there. Then they might have gotten, oh, here's this next thing they released. Oh, it's a bunch of really fucked up songs. (laughs) I mean, like, who was I talking to that said... Miscellaneous Tea was the first thing they heard. I'm like, wow. Well, if you like Miscellaneous Tea, get ready for some stuff that's a lot easier to, to go <laughs> right. down. Like, this all the weird stuff. Like, can you imagine, like, oh, the Mr. Claus on that thing is <laughs> catchy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Claus. <laughs> I am the biggest one. <laughs> like, what? Like, I love for science. I love, I mean, we're the replacements. Yeah. So many great pieces. I mean, it's a great B-Sides collection, and I got then pretty early on in my fandom, but I can't imagine hearing that after Flood. Like, what if instead of going backwards, because not everyone's like, I'm going to get every single thing that came up before this. If you got into them at Flood in sometime in 1990, Miscellaneous Tea comes out in 1991, and you're like, uh... This doesn't sound like Birdhouse really at all. Right. What is this stuff? Even though some of it was, I mean, it was all within a few years before Flood. Just they, you know, not that there's nothing weird on Flood, but a lot of the recordings are rougher and they're just experiments and cool stuff. But this song, Nightgown, this this should have been an album track. This should have been a Lincoln song. I mean, come on. I mean, I love Lincoln, but imagine that. Stuck in, you know, I don't know, where would, if you if it was going to go on Lincoln, where in the track list do you think you'd put it? Oh, I don't know. Because <laughs> for me, I could stack it up against my favorite Lincoln songs. Like it's. Oh, yeah. It's up there. I mean, it's not just one of my favorite B-sides. It's like one of my favorite songs of theirs. I mean, they have so many songs. I'd say maybe it's in the top 25. Yeah, me too. But that's pretty high. On the wiki, it's at 30 out of 910. I know. That's pretty Nuts. high up there. <laughs> and it's a B-side that they've never played live. We'll talk more <laughs> about that yeah. later. Uh, crazy. So, I mean, you got 18 songs on Lincoln. I mean, it's not above them to put 19 songs on an album. I mean, Flood right. has 19, right? So stick it at, you know, I mean, I'd put it maybe, geez, maybe after like, where your eyes don't go or something or after a piece of dirt, I'd put it on side A or mm-hmm. you could kick kick off side B with it and put it at, I'm not sure where, uh, where the side A would end, but yeah, like, like to kick off side B and then the world's address or something like that. Yeah. That would be good. Yeah. It's 
such a good song. I know. <laughs> so before we, st- yeah, before we gush over it completely, this um, this book. Now I need to look up this book a little bit. So so on the wiki, John L. claims he knew nothing about this book. Do you do you have the wiki in front of you? Yes. Do you want, so read that quote. This is in a 2002 interview on WBUR. So much later. Okay, Linnell claiming he didn't know about this book. What did he say? He said, Nightgown of the Sullen Moon is a song that there was a misunderstanding about the origin of that. Somebody showed me a drawing that their kid had done. I think I had this sort of fantasy of doing a Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds kind of thing. I was like, oh, it's cute. What an amazing expression for a kid. And of course, no adult could ever think of something interesting as that. So I cook up this whole song, and then it turned out it was the name of a children's book. <laughs> so maybe I, okay so i i guess i could believe it if um the kid had a picture of a moon wearing a nightgown something like that or the kid mentioned that phrase when they showed young john linnell there look at my picture unky john you know like, <laughs> I, I think the kid was probably practicing they probably it was their favorite book or one of their favorite books Mm -hmm. and they like to practice writing when they're like four five six and they're Mm -hmm. probably just copying the cover and they probably wrote it on the paper that's what i have in my head where he was like he sees the drawing and he's like oh nightgown of the sullen moon because it is such a unique phrase it is that coming up with that, I mean, also the timing. I mean, the book came out in 1983, so it was a fairly fresh kid's book, you know, five years old, four years old, depending on when exactly he wrote the song. Um, so it could have been pretty popular with kids. I mean, I'm looking at it on Amazon right now. Um, this says it came out September 1st, 1983. Um, yeah, right before my sister was born. But we didn't we didn't have it. Um I don't know, but I mean, it's, it looks like it's been repressed and stuff. Like it's been, it's not something that's fallen, you know, by the wayside. And I, and I, uh, um, yeah, there's all these really, really cute Amazon reviews where <laughs> my mother used to read this to me, loved by gener- two generations, five stars, and then a person that says poor quality. This <laughs> <laughs> is arrived covered in food stains with ripped pages. <laughs> Clearly, they bought a used Maybe the, copy. Yeah, they probably bought it used. How I, dare you! I actually That's, watched the YouTube video of someone reading it out loud. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I thought it was kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying to. Yeah, because I showed it to. I showed the video of this lady reading it on this. The, the YouTube channel is All Abilities Swim. And I was like, what? Yeah, but if you go that. to the channel, it's a bunch of like videos of kids swimming and some like, you know, using some, you know, like adaption techniques for special needs kids and stuff like that. But then this lady also does all these book readings, right? Their uh, most recent one, well, like she was really into them a year ago. True story of the three little pigs. <laughs> Uh, Froggy learns to swim. That one makes sense with the channel, but it's got yeah Saturday story time. Maisie learns to swim, and then just some other ones, and then it's got Night Out of the Sullen Moon, which I think I mean she says it was one of her favorites as a girl. Um, yeah, I mean I you know 
I read I a lot you, of kids' books these days. If you so grew up, w- why did you think it was was dumb? <laughs> I mean, do you want to give a, a little a brief plot outline? I mean, I'm sure if I had grown up to? reading it, I would have loved it. But I just I saw it was like the moon comes out of the sky because it wants to buy a nightgown, and it yeah. goes and buys a nightgown. But then the nightgown makes it it goes back into the sky. And then the nightgown makes it so no one can see the moon. So the sun like talks the moon out of wearing the nightgown. Right. Because everyone yeah. wants to see it. So <laughs> yeah, that, that's a very brief synopsis. <laughs> I mean, it's a kid's book. But this little girl, the illustrations are really, really pretty. Yeah. Um, this little girl, like the, the mom takes in the uh, clothes off the clothesline. And so the girl goes and puts her nightgown, her blue flannel uh, uh nightgown covered in stars so it looks like the night sky right it's like a dark blue with stars and so yeah and i guess the moon sees it the moon comes down is trying to find one for themselves and they show the moon like in dressing rooms like yeah. trying on these different nightgowns flowery ones and some rather risque looking uh no <laughs> like a, <laughs> some sexier nightgowns no. and so then it finds one that's identical to this girl's and then and then yeah, flies back up, and the sun's like, yeah, I know you like that, but uh, put it back. No. <laughs> yeah, right, because I guess the, the stars were obscuring the moon, and people need the moon. And there was some line about, like, um, the sun says, people deal with too much, so much change on Earth. They don't want any change in the sky. I did like so, that line. That was a good line. Yeah, yeah. So we got, we need our constants. Uh, right, right. You know, you you got, you know, people like routine, kids especially, they wouldn't admit it, but they like routine. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I mean, if just all of a sudden one morning the sun didn't come up, then you know we're (laughs) fucked. Yeah. (laughs) If the moon didn't come up, maybe not as fucked, but it'd probably screw with the waves, right? Doesn't the moon have something to do with the tides, right? Yeah. What would happen there if someone just, (laughs) you know, someone just blew up the moon? We'd all of a sudden just all the oceans would just be tranquil. I'm no scientician. Uh, so yeah, so that's the the story that Linnell claims to have no recollection of. But th- then again, he's also giving this interview y- many years later. Yeah. Um, so it's like remembering, not remembering, you know, this thing. So uh, yeah, a Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds kind of thing. I like that where it's basically mm-hmm. like a fantastical, you know, Kind of a mystical, psychedelic kind of thing, but also a little childish, you know, right. little, like childlike whimsy kind of thing. Uh, and it definitely has that that vibe. Um, yeah, it's I don't know. Do you, do you, do, uh, yeah, I guess maybe it's maybe it's also something like in his like it was in his subconscious. Right. So, yeah, yeah. this kid either like mentioned it and then. He didn't remember the name of it, but then when writing the song, it somehow came out and didn't remember that was where it came from. Or even he just saw it walking through a bookstore or something. He's like, that's an interesting phrase. Yeah. Forgets about it. A year later, writes a song. I coined that phrase. <laughs> no, you didn't. I mean, it's just way too... To, it, you know, when you Google Night Guy on the Sullen Moon, it's not like Googling some titles where there's a million songs by that name. Right. It comes up with the book. It comes up with this song. Yeah. Like that combination of words, you're not gonna find. You know, you know, Rihanna does not have a song called <laughs> "Selling Moon." You know, you're not gonna come up with all this stuff. Like some of their other ones, I'll tell you, Googling "Ah" was a very interesting. One to <laughs> Google or like, you know, songs like "Miss Me" or "Love You" or "Love Me" or like those are like impossible. Right. Any any songs that are like that, 
Impossible to Google. This one, fairly easy. Uh, the, uh, I guess the other, we could mention the other little bit, uh, trivia tidbit here. Um, so, uh, Neil Gaiman's, uh, Sandman, it's, uh, um, I guess a, is it a comic book? I mean, is that what you, is that what you call it? Yeah, it's DC Comics, right? Um, in, uh, issue 36 of Sandman, and this is Neil Gaiman who did, uh, who created Coraline. Yeah. Um, the DJ Barbara Wong of WRIT New York is heard announcing this song on her pre-done radio show. So Neil Gaiman, who is a obviously a fan, uh, wanted them to do all the music to Coraline, and said, then said, "Just kidding! I just want you know, the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, just just the other other father song." Yeah. So um, you know. It is what it is, but I mean, we could have had a whole that would have been so cool great animated movie <laughs> with all stuff. I mean, I talk about that a lot on the uh, uh, "Careful What You Pack" episode because that one was supposed to be in that movie. That was oh. one that they still released. Oh, that's that cool! I didn't released. know that. Most of the other ones they ditched that one. They 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 kept it on the else. Um, yeah. So anyway, those are those are the two little two little tidbits. So let's talk about this demo. So. If you just go on the YouTube and you type in that guy on the solar moon, it comes up with this demo, 1986 demo. Now, when that popped up, and this is even before I went to the wiki, when that popped up, I was like, 1986 demo? Because that's not a... Well, if you go to the discography on the wiki, and the wiki knows all, mm -hmm. there is no such thing. There's a 1985 demo tape. You'll see things with the 1984 demo tape, which basically just comes kind of like them warming up to the 85 demo tape. It's a lot of the same stuff. Um, so the 1985 demo tape, that's considered like the first, like, I mean, there's the wiggle discap, but the first like full length release that essentially became the pink album with some other stuff, kind of mixed some other stuff so a couple things didn't make it, uh, and I think there may be some songs that waited till Lincoln. But anyway, you know, it's a 23-song demo cassette. And when you're on the Night Guy on the Sullen Moon page, so like I found this, like, 1986, maybe it's just a typo. So let's look at the wiki. And I'm looking at um, the Night Guy page, and there is no chronology tab. So yeah. usually... Right, if there's a dial-a-song version, an official demo, a live version, officially released, anything like that, you'll be able to click the chronology thing. It'll be blue, but here it's orange, meaning there's nothing there. But if you go to the search bar and start typing Nightgown, then you can see two other pages pop up huh. in the autofill. <laughs> Nightgown of the Sullen Moon demo, and then Nightgown of the Sullen Moon uh, 1986 demo tape. So well let's talk about this 86 thing first I, I mean both of these are confusing to me since they're not attached to the nightgown page on the wiki they're their own thing but not linked to it because of claims of possible fraudulence right right so <laughs> uh, uh okay so yeah uh, this demo is one of the few songs unique to the disputed 1986 demo tape, and it is unknown whether this is a genuine demo or simply a manipulated version of the album version. So, with that in mind, I will drop it in right here. 
First of all, it is lower. Yeah, it's like different. it says, it's in a different key, but that can be changed with tape manipulation. You know, slow net, slow the tape down, slows down the speed. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's my imagination, but I feel like there were things that I heard that were different. I mean, it does it does have, and again, they could have been clipped. Like there's fewer repeats at the end. Seems a little chopped. I don't know. What do you think? Is this? Is this is this, a, is this really the demo or what? It was hard to. It sounds like so similar, but yeah. it is different. But it's, so it's hard for me to tell if it's like actually a different recording or if, like you said, it's just like manipulated. Yeah, I feel like the low notes like it sounds a little unnatural. Like it is a you know you slow down or speed up a tape. It sounds like the person, but a little off, right? Right. So I was like, let's sing to stuff in the instrumentals to see if there's anything different. But all the, like the drum machine's exactly the same. Yeah. Cause that's something you'll hear a lot with, with dial a song um, and other demos they have is that the drum machine is just more simplistic mm-hmm. or in some cases it's more crazy and then they kind of calm it down. But there's usually big differences you'll find are in the drum machine or in like the layering, how much layering, you know, is in it. And it just, I mean, it sounds so similar to me. So yeah, this demo tape, uh, it has its own page on the wiki and seven tracks, everything right is wrong again, which describes how you're feeling. Don't let's start. She was a hotel detective, chess piece face, Sally boy, candy bar, neck out on the solid moon. It's a, a very random selection of tracks. Have you heard Sally boy, candy bar? Yes. Okay, so that's, I mean, that's like deep. <laughs> that, that never was on anything other than Dial-A-Song. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, which describes how you're feeling. Like, uh, some of these wait, made their way onto, you know, other albums. And you find them on the power of Dial-A-Song, bootleg compilations and stuff. Um, but, like, these seven songs in this order, uh, it, it's curious because, the, so in the, yeah, in the wiki it says that, the the tape the physical tape one of the big things they think the reason that it's counterfeit is that the the Maxell brand um, this style of tape was first seen in 1992 the MX90 
they're claiming yeah. this is a 1986 demo tape, but the the ones that people see, you know, around or whatever, I don't know if people try and sell them on eBay or Discogs or what, it's a kind of tape that is made in 1992. Right. Impossible, right? <laughs> um, and, yeah, I'm not sure who wrote the stuff on the wiki here, but I do like the the, the language that they use. You know, it's <laughs> the style of the tape used is anachronistically impossible based yeah. on the supposed date of the quote demo. Like, <laughs> yeah, and has been actively weathered to remove all traces of the tape's history. So, yeah, the quality of the late. So, like, they've like scratched out stuff that would try to indicate what kind of tape it is. Like, if you look at a picture of it, it looks like it does. It looks like nothing. It looks like the most generic tape. Like if you just like make me a cassette, but don't put any brand on it. Don't put any, like you can't buy a cassette like that. Every cassette's going to have a logo on it of some kind and some other text. It looks right? like, like they sanded it down with like sandpaper or something. <laughs> right. It looks really bizarre. Uh, and then it also says the quality of the labeling doesn't have the full it doesn't have the full band name it just says tmbg 1986 and then it has the that dial a song number scrawled on scr- scrawled on it yeah and yeah if you look at it big the jpeg on the uh yeah or the, the png on the uh wiki yeah you can mm-hmm. see it real close it's very scraped up yeah um yeah i mean either someone did something to it or the owner took really, really bad care of it. I mean, I have cassettes still that my band's made on Maxell brand cassettes, and they're not scraped up like that. We were like throwing them across the pavement. I mean, why does it <laughs> right. look like that, right? And so, so yeah. The other things the wiki says the tracks are scattered around the tape. A, substan- a substantial amount of blank space in between many tracks, indicating that there might have been more that have since been erased. Songs erased between the other songs. I don't know. That's worded kind of weird. The versions of Everything Rise Wrong Again, She Was a Hotel Detective, and Chesapeake's Face, which are unique to this demo tape, are all very similar to the versions that are found on the Pink album. So, like people that claim this is real, they're like, this version of Chesapeake's Face, it's a, it, this is the only place it exists. But other people think, I guess, that it's a manipulated album version. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of curious to listen to this whole... I'm sure someone's uploaded the whole 1986 demo to YouTube. Listen to it. Uh, yeah. And the track Sally Boy Candy Bar appears to have been dubbed over by an unknown source. So again, something recorded over Dial-A-Song. So probably if you listen to it in full, it would get to that one and all of a sudden sound like a really... I mean, all that Dial-A-Song stuff sounds wonderfully full of background noise and all yes. that. You know, <sighs> right. I love that stuff, but yeah, would they put that on a demo tape that they were going to give to people, something that just record onto their answering machine. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And well, dial a song didn't even exist yet. So was Sally boy candy bar even written yet? Hmm. No. Okay. It, it was on the uh, 83. So there was an 83 thing. Did I misspeak about the 84? How many different demo tapes did they have? Like, someone needs to create another one? <laughs> right. like they already had a couple, like, officially recognized demo tapes. Um, but, again, it's not on the discography for uh, 
the wiki, though they did confirm that one, the 1983 one, its existence was confirmed by the MMP Giants in 2008 on their podcast, their own podcast, 32A, um, which, and it has five demo recordings on it. And yeah, so that has Sally Boy Candy Bar on it, which has only, uh, other than that, only been re- released to TMBG Unlimited. With, through, okay. It was a dial a song, right? It's all very complicated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in their very early years. And I mean, that's kind of a cool thing about this band is that they've been around long enough that they have that weird aura about them at the start where like, you know, pre-internet, I mean, the internet existed, but normal people did not have the internet uh, right. when they started. So it was like a little more, there's more mystery about them. Like, their photo would be in the CD booklet or the vinyl. Uh, they might have press photos. You could see them play a show, but you couldn't just go online and listen to anything. It's and and now up till today, where like you know they'll do, <laughs> you know, twenty eighteen. They'll put out a song every single Wednesday on YouTube. You know, right. it's like you know, and you can know everything about them and do a podcast about them and s- spend all your time. Doing this instead of being with your family. (laughs) (laughs) And have every single bit of information condensed into one website. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But even this, like, it's hard to sort through. Like, we're talking about this for like 10 minutes. Like, what is real? And so this 83 one is real. But yeah, as far as the discography goes, I mean... And like albums, they don't list any of the demos on the albums because that just starts with you know, self-titled, but the discography, Wiggle Disquette in the 1985 demo tape, they don't list the 83 on the discography. I'm not sure why. I could ask John about that because it's been officially confirmed. Don't know. Where do you draw the line? Like, what's what's a real, what's real? What's a real thing? <laughs> it's a very philosophical question. Right. Anyway. All right. So who knows? Is that the demo or is it just a fucked up version of the official B-side uh, of the originally they'll need a crane ep so let's talk about the actual song i've been just like going through like a true crime <laughs> podcast like who made this fake demo tape but let's get to right. the actual song <laughs> do you want to talk about the lyrics first or musical elements first um let's talk about the lyrics first okay the mysterious nightgown so um I mean, it, uh, I would guess that the lyrics played a big part in why you like this song and why you picked it. Yes. Um, there's just a lot of I, I, a lot of imagery in it yeah. that I really like. Um, you know, to me, I mean, am I allowed to talk about what I think it means? <laughs> Doi. Come on. <laughs> I wasn't what sure we if you were for? saving that for later. We're not. Oh no no no! That's now's now's the time. Right. We've been we've been talking for forty minutes already. Yes. I think it's time to talk <laughs> opinions and interpretations. Well, I mean, okay, I was going through it earlier, and I was trying to like kind of get meaning from every line, and I'm like, I don't think that's possible. But for me, like the song as a whole, I think is about like infatuation, and I think I stole mm. that from someone's interpretation from the interpretations page a long time You're ago. You're allowed to agree. <laughs> With some yes, it doesn't have to be a completely <laughs> unique creation. Some of the okay, interpretations so about, fact, are okay. weird, but 
Oh, some of them I think are intentionally weird. People yeah. go on there and just try to fuck with you. Uh, so yeah, I, I hadn't looked at them yet. I might peruse them, but so <laughs> it's about infatuation. So yes, uh, do go on. Okay. I think, you know, it's just, it perfectly describes that feeling of like, maybe like a first date or like when you meet someone who you're just like, Oh my God, like instant connection, you know, like you're coming home fell in the door and you fell on the floor with your hand on the knob <laughs> looking up and abruptly forget what you're thinking fire alarms go off in your head like just like you get home and you're like oh my god like and then you know and i think i think john Lennon with this song did one of those things where he took the phrase nightgown of the solemn moon and that phrase doesn't necessarily mean anything because he kind of like lifted it from a child yeah. <laughs> apparently supposedly what a but, hack but kind of like how it's similar <laughs> Kind of like what he does with the state songs where he like just picks a word and then builds a song off of that kind of like yep. with the state songs. Um, oh, he's yeah. He's said that. Yeah. He's like, just give me something to start with. It's right. like as long as you give him a starting point, doesn't mean it could be one word or it could be that phrase. Right. And he just, yeah. whoop, there's a song. I wish it were that easy. <laughs> right. And I think this fra- the phrase Nightgown of the Soul and Moon is just so whimsical that it kind of like just adds to the the air of the whole song, yeah, you know, yeah. and it says, um, at the windows lean into the room. You know, I kind of think of it being like reality's kind of distorted in your brain. Mm. You're like, whoa, okay. like almost like trippy. And then it says drug trip. It's not a drug yeah. trip. <laughs> yeah. So they, you feel before we go to that second, before we go to that, I don't know if you'd call that like a post chorus. It's not even like the next verse really, but the, how the windows lean into the room. I'd always kind of, like where my brain wanted to go, I couldn't decide if it was like, well, I, I, I think basically what I w- always thought of was that it, like the moon, the moonlight, you know, on a nice, you know, full moon, you know, clear sky, you know, the sun, the sky can seem, you know, fairly, you know, you can see it's bright, you know, it's bright to, you know, a degree. Um, and it can come in almost like sunlight, like putting a rectangle on your oh yeah floor. And then as, you know, if you were awake, you know, you'd see it gradually progress and like, you know, so like that's what's leaning into the room is the moonshine coming in onto the floor. So it's as if the window is coming onto the floor, I guess. Yeah, I've never thought about it like that. I like that. Yeah. Or I guess the, the, I guess the other thing, and maybe what I first thought, the windows lean into the room made me think of like if you live... Uh, and maybe you have like a three-story house and it was like a converted attic or something like that or those cool old houses where y- your bedroom might have a slanted ceiling, right? I yeah. remember staying in a place in Ithaca where it kept hitting my head on the <laughs> ceiling. There's all these angles and stuff. And I mean, the windows aren't angled. I mean, I guess if you had like a... It's like a skylight. Know, so a skylight, yeah. <laughs> that would be... Okay, yeah, maybe they have a skylight in the room. They're looking at... They can look up at the moon through the skylight. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Like a, like literal angles of stuff is like leaning into the room. But I, I think I like the moon shine better. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, d- Drug Trip. Th- I mean, there's so many... The way this song turns from like almost like silly to the whimsical, right, kind of psychedelic whimsical what does this mean oh it sounds pretty but what the hell am i talking about (laughs) but like 
it's starting out with the fill in the door and you fell on the floor. Like that's like kind of a violent action. You're like, oh, like, well, yeah. you just kind of <laughs> trip over your own door frame. I don't know. And fall in there and your hands on the door. Like, whoa. Uh, Cause it doesn't really tell you yet that there's any sort of relationship. You don't really have any context no. at the beginning. Right. Just like you fell in the door and you felt <laughs> like you just felt, you just fall into your own house. Um, you're like, what? You look up. Forget your thing. Fire alarms go off in your head. Like this all sounds like kind of violent imagery. It's kind of yeah. silly, but it's also like you fell. You could hurt yourself. You're like, wait, what's going on? Fire alarms go off in your head. That's like, ah, like something you need to do something. Something happened, whether it's bad or good. I mean, fire alarms typically aren't good. Right. Um, <laughs> right. And then fire alarms go off in your head. You live in the nightgown of the <laughs> solemn moon. It's like, oh, a nightgown. So cozy. And the moonlight. Right? It's just like these abrupt things. And then drug trip. It's not a drug trip. And you feel insulted. <laughs> it's just like these weird shifts. It is like he had the chorus line and then just complete non sequitur into the verse. Right. I don't, I don't know. I can't explain it. So, yeah, what do you make of that second ver- I don't know, the drug trip. Well, I don't I I even like- call it a verse yet, but it's a different, it's its own part. The line about drug trip, it's not a drug trip, so you feel a bit insulted. I feel like, for me, it has two meanings. I think part of it is, like, you know, people who have probably told the Johns, like, oh, you guys are so, your music's so weird. What are you guys smoking? Like, you know, or what are you guys (laughs) on? And they're like, um, that's just our imagination or whatever. Caffeine, baby. Right, caffeine, all that coffee. (laughs) pills baby did you watch parks and rec (laughs) i feel like it relates to my theme that i've imposed on this of infatuation where it feels like Mm -hmm. you're like literally high when you're like so infatuated with someone yeah but it's not a drug trip you you feel like you're floating right right one of the common expressions right yeah (laughs) You're floating, you're glowing, you're whatever. Spacewalk, it's like spacewalk. You feel like you're floating, right? Corresponding yeah. weight loss with the corresponding weight loss. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yeah, because it feels like you're. It's like a spacewalk with the corresponding yeah. weight. So it's like you're you're mm-hmm. floating. Like yeah, you're like you said, yeah, you're lighter than air. <laughs> yeah, you're nothing but air with your hand in the air. Yeah, I'm just like I your shoelaces just... tied up together. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is almost like he was just looking for fun phrases and rhymes. Exactly. When I was going through this earlier, trying to find meaning in every line, I was like, I don't think there is meaning in yeah. every single line. I Especially think since he says he was trying for Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Like, he's trying right. to just be weird. Right? Yeah. Let your imaginations go, but don't think too hard about it. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> and your shoelaces tied up together with care. Like, okay, Teddy. Okay, nice little bow. And I mean, that's why I fell in the door. Right. <laughs> shoelaces are tied up. <laughs> and there, and I love the self-referential, the big whoredom. Yes. <laughs> the big, big whoredom scares me. I like they that They did that too. a lot in the early days. It's so funny when they had just, you know, a, f- a couple dozen songs to their name. They're right. already, like, making callbacks <laughs> to their other songs, right? It's like Chespy's Face yeah. and the Big Duluth Call Me Every Day. You know, uh, you know like, uh, I don't know. It's just a funny thing to do, especially, I don't know. It's like they have so many lyrical ideas, but then they just throw in, they're like, hey, it's like, you know, it's like a comedy act. You know, guess circle yeah. back around to that joke. The big, big hoardum. There's they, a feeling of boredom. Of the big hoardum. He's like, what rhymes with boredom? <laughs> oh, oh, hey, we already wrote a song that has that right. <laughs> Hoardum. 
<laughs> like that's <laughs> following and there's a feeling of boredom of the big whoredom. The feeling of boredom is it is following the dressing up in the nightgown on the sun and moon. <laughs> so yeah. you've gotten your nightgown on and you're just bored. And you've tied your shoe- <laughs> you're in a nightgown where you're wearing shoes. She tied your shoelaces. I don't know <laughs> what's going on. What's going on here? <laughs> I don't know. Trying to make sense of every single line, like just wasn't working for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of it I think is just for fun. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And yeah, your head is on the moon. It's not necessary to breathe. Forever is a long time. This whole part sounds very pretty to me. In the beginning, it's like, what does that mean? It's not necessary to breathe. I mean. Yeah, there's no oxygen on the moon. So what is this? Is it now all of a sudden like normal John Linnell territory? Is it about death? Like is someone dying here? Right? right? Are you right? You're on the moon and you're so peaceful. You're just like I'm just gonna pop my helmet off here. Whoops! <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Forever <laughs> is a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and death is forever. I'm just right? gonna, you know it's it's so tempting to just take every John Linnell lyric. Flans too, but mostly Linnell. Just it's got to come. It all comes back to mortality. Yes, <laughs> I feel like especially with Linnell, it's always like, yeah. is this song about death? <laughs> I, I man, what it's got to be like in that guy's head? I can't even imagine. <laughs> like Flan, like Flans, always like taking care of business. He's like, oh, I got to post the shows. Oh, this one's sold out. I got to make a new graphic right. or whatever. I got to keep up those Tumblr questions and the Twitter <laughs> feed and all this and like organizing photography and poetry and getting that book put together while Linnell's just like, what weird idea could I write about next? <laughs> right. <laughs> and just like, just like, I hope I don't die today. I mean, I don't know. Like what? Is- <laughs> That's why they work so well together. Flans is like business. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he keeps this thing moving. I mean, they say right. that in, in gigantic, I think, I don't know. I don't think it's Linnell that says it, but I think one of the talking heads, whoever it was, is like, I think if it wasn't for Flans, John Linnell would just be writing songs for himself right. in the basement somewhere. <laughs> just like he'd still be cranking out all these beautiful songs, but we might not hear them. Right. right. If it wasn't for Flans being like, let's go on tour. Pandemic's over. Let's do it. Finally fucking doing it. Right. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it just, there just seems to be so much, you know, and I wouldn't want to assume anything about him. He doesn't open up. Any, I've never heard him really open up about mental health or anything like no. that, but he seems like a pretty anxious guy. I wouldn't want to assume, Yeah. but you know, he's the introvert of the group. I think that's safe to say. Definitely. And that's, yeah, that's what makes the dynamic work. Like, their banter is great. The way they play off each other musically and every in other, every other way, it works so well. And that's why they've been such an awesome band for 40 years. Right. But like if there were two Flanses in the band, <laughs> it would be a much different band. Yeah. If there were two Linnells in the band, it would be a much different band, <laughs> if right? If there was two Linnells, it probably wouldn't be a band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or it'd be like this little bedroom pop project that right. like gets discovered by Pitchfork. They're like, you know, this guy's like sixty years old. He's been making these songs forever. You know, I mean, like, yeah. like all these undiscovered tapes. They're like, here's this, here's this thing that's been happening for a long time. We just found out about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I don't. Yeah, man, if, if two Flans started a band, I feel like they would I'm clash. Imagining, yeah, yeah, they they end up breaking up. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just we just rewatched Seinfeld. It just makes me think of when did uh, did you watch Seinfeld? I mean, yeah, I've seen Seinfeld. Yeah, so the one where uh, 
Jerry dates uh, Janine Garofalo plays the character. She's just like me. I hate myself. <laughs> but I hate myself. <laughs> and they just, it's, it was the first completely mutual breakup of all time. Just, yeah. I think I may have made a big mistake. <laughs> oh, come on. Nope. All of a sudden it hit me. I realized what the problem is. I can't be with someone like me. I hate myself. <laughs> if anything, I need to use something the complete opposite of me. It's too much. It's too much, Kramer. I can't take it. I can't take it. It's too bad you got engaged. Yeah, too bad. Yeah, two flanzes. That would be that would be extreme. Yeah, there'd be some crazy guitar stuff going on in those oh, early yeah. songs. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The the lyrics are great. I think we come to the conclusion that I mean, I definitely like you know in the whimsical stuff. You know, something about a, a longing, an infatuation. There is definitely that kind of, almost that like sentimental feel, like uh, almost in like an old school way, even older than Lucy in the Sky with Time. It's like sentimental songs used to be like the thing, like around the turn of the century, like people wanted to longing for their youth and their childhood home or their first love or always like those were like the big sellers back in like the Tin Pan Alley days. Yeah. And you know, and the writers would write about these things. If it wasn't about them personally, just, you know, conjure up some imagery. And that's kind of like what the song is, but it's weird. Cause it's Linnell and you're like, well, I don't know. I get imagery from individual lines, but then all together, what does it mean? Nah. Right. <laughs> right. There are a lot of interpretations on this tab. I don't know if I even want to get, weird, get into this. There's a lot of weird ones. <laughs> Do you want to give me your favorite weird one before we talk My about favorite weird elements? one? Let me look over them again. Um, Oh my God! This Someone, one, okay, the very bottom one. Yes, the very bottom one. <laughs> the, yeah, jeez, weightless and breathless. Yeah, wow. About like hanging yourself, you right. weight, weightless and breathless. Jesus, they took it even darker than me. I was thinking like they were. Yeah, I'm like it was about death, but I didn't go there. Holy cow, man! Six seven point two 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 point two zero three point two four four. What is that? Their name. is that? His IP? <laughs> is that his IP address? <laughs> it might be. Yeah, it is their IP address. <laughs> We're going to find this person and hope. I hope they're doing okay. Yeah, I hope they're all right. You come to that. I mean, well, like I said, every Linnell song could come around to death, but <laughs> I wasn't thinking that specifically about the method of dying. So no. someone, you know, caught up in the whimsical stuff, you know, they forget about real life. Whoop, you can't breathe on the moon. I also like forgot, the one about, about that. Escaping, yeah, escaping a fire. <laughs> Let's see. Where is this It's one? right above the bottom one. Okay. <laughs> fire. The uh, fire. Because yeah, it says okay. fire alarms. So. They go line by line. Yeah, fire alarms. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So, windows leading into the room. Smoke is rising above the windows. The moon is shielded by the smoke like a nightgown. Hmm. <laughs> It's, it's definitely interesting. So lack of oxygen yeah. because of smoke. Smoke inhalation can make you feel weight, uh, weightless. Feeling like you're high. And you're like, hmm. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. All right. <laughs> I don't know. This person a fire, firefighter? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that blue flannel nightgown covered with stars, it was made of highly flammable right. material. <laughs> <laughs> oh my 
Gross. Now, the musical elements of this song, I yes. love the drum machine in this song. Yeah. Uh, and you never know who programmed them. That's one thing that, like, I, I don't know if we'd ever really know that stuff unless they told you. You know, it's not on the wiki. Like, you know, Marty played the drums and Hickey played the drums. But if it's programmed, who programmed it? I don't know. Like, we've heard sometimes, like, I did the If Day episode. The If Day was like a real collaboration where I don't know if you listened to that episode, but um, it was like almost entirely a Flan song. Like Linnell sent him, uh, I think Linnell sent him uh, some like chiming keyboard parts and Flan just fucked with that and like went the rest of the way himself. So there's no one else on that track. Like there's actually a couple, I think super cool doesn't have Dan, Danny or Marty on it either. Uh, I haven't done that episode yet, but I'd have to check. Um, I think that that has to do, I mean, they do that sometimes, but I think it might have to do just with pandemic stuff where it's like they were writing these songs over the past couple of years, couldn't together, get together safely and something that maybe was intended to be a demo just became the album song. They're like, well, we'll get Marty on it eventually. Like, oh, I kind of, you know, I kind of like it like this. Marty's doesn't seem to be offended by that kind of thing. They, you know, they play to the strength of the song, but this one in the duo era, which one of them programmed it? I don't know, but the, the like floor tom bass drum kind of stuff uh, you know when i was asking john ulis i was typing uh you know just facebook messenger asking him about if it had been played live and i said and we were just like why hasn't it been played live i want to hear marty do the dun 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 yeah i typed that like and he's like you typed it perfectly, like it's just such a funny little caveman part. <laughs> it's like their version of Wipeout or something. Like, <laughs> it, it, it's got a cool little, little like I don't know. How do you describe the beat? Because it's not like a rock beat necessarily. I mean, there are parts where it's like dun, 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 dun but like the main beat. Dun, dun, it's almost like a samba or something yeah yeah i don't know i don't have great you know words to describe it like musically (laughs) you know it it is tough i mean i've been writing about and talking about music for a long time and making music for a long time but still yeah sometimes you run out of words but it almost is like reggaeton didn't exist yet but that it's not quite that but it's in the nightgown of the yeah. sullen moon da, da, dun, da, da. you know so it's not just like that one two three four one two right. three four it's got a little shuffle to it a little hiccup in the beat there that's really interesting to me and it really drives it along in an interesting way yeah i mean the whole the whole rhythm following like the the lyrical rhythms it makes me wonder if he wrote the lyrics or the music first, which typically I th- I feel that Linnell is mostly a guy that writes the music first. This is just my guess. I don't know. There, someone can maybe find an interview to confirm or deny that, where I feel like Flans sometimes comes from the lyrical side first, but I feel like Linnell is a guy that writes music, and then it's just like, give me a phrase. Night right. kind of the solar moon. Okay, I'll put it to, <laughs> you know. Um, and it's like just to carry the melody. He has said stuff like that. Like I think he said that about Birdhouse. Right, like you gotta the, sing something. Right, I got the melody. Yeah. What are the words gonna be? Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, and, and there's such great lyrics. Like, he's such a great lyricist for acting like he doesn't care about his right. lyrics. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Obviously, he does, but it's like, ah, you know, that was a Jay Maskus quote. I don't know if you know Dinosaur Jr. They're another, like, top five band for me. I've heard of but them. He Jay Maskus, he's a bit of a mumbler. Like, you can understand him. He's a bit of a mumbler. And I've reviewed a couple of their albums. I remember writing Jag Jaguar Records. Uh, the press person that had sent it to me, I'm like, yeah, there's no uh, lyrics in the booklet could you send me do you have a file of lyrics and she's like jay never puts his lyrics on paper he doesn't want or at least no one sees them it's like he doesn't want people to fully understand them i don't think but he's he's been said he's like basically like guessing something and i think that was in that um our band could be your life this really good old book about all these old hardcore and, and underground bands in the 80s it's like i'm guessing something <laughs> you know people right. you know they don't respond to instrumentals as well as, it, you know, doesn't matter what the lyrics are. And pop music really proves this. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what the lyrics are. People just want to sing yeah. anything, literally anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> Night Gone Soul Moon's kind of that same way where it's like, oh, this song, oh, it's so great. Oh, it just gives me all the feels. What feels? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the song means. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just like the vibe of it. Just vibing. It's a vibe report. <laughs> the... Yeah, so it's got, um, it does have accordion on it, real just kind of punchy stuff, keyboards, the guitar. There's nothing really that overwhelms the mix a whole lot. I feel like it works really well together. It's not like an overbearing song. Um, It's like propulsive in its own way, but it's not, yeah, it's not like their most rocking song, but it's a toe tapper. It's catchy as hell. I mean... I mean, really, that's, uh, you know, arrangement-wise, that's pretty much all I can say about that. It's just, you know, perfectly arranged. And looking at the chord progression, uh, which I like to do. Do you play Do you play any instruments? Yeah, I play piano and trumpet. Not so much anymore, nice. but I used to be really into it. Yeah, are you, so you're, you're a, a band geek, too? Yes. <laughs> nice. Okay. Marching band, all that? Yeah. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I'm trombone, and I'm just recruiting kids for my band for next year. Nice. They just had the, a rental meeting, and parents emailing me like, "How do I do this?" <laughs> uh, so it's pretty exciting for my incoming fifth graders. Uh, but yeah, so like looking at the chord progression, if you look at the 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 chord chart there, I mean, it's, it says guitar tab, but you know you can play the chords right. on a piano, and I often do. Um, it's a pretty it's it's a pretty simple progression as far as Linnell goes. Yeah. Like, if you look at the progression for Birdhouse, it's bonkers. Yeah. Right? So many of the songs are bonkers, even ones that don't change keys. You know, they might tiptoe out of the key for a second and come back without doing a full key change. This one, just, yeah, EBA, EBA. Right. EBA, different, different arrangements of that. BBEA, ABEE. Yeah, I mean, there's it's really very simple. You get some um, in like the instrumental portion or in the ending. The, your head is on the moon. You do get some uh, G sharps, but they still have E on the bass, so there's still kind of like the the E is just like going through mm-hmm. the whole thing. So you get a little bit of a change in the your head. It's not necessary to that necessary. You can you can feel that change right there. Yeah. Which is cool to save something like that to the very end. You're like keeping a pretty standard progression. And then just for the outro, just 
give that little twist, that Linnell touch. Yes. <laughs> it's just such a well-crafted song. I know. Why is it a B-side? I, I mean, come on. I know. I wish they, they should have put <sighs> it on an album. Yeah. I mean, if anything, right, like, oh, it didn't make it on the Lincoln. People seem to like it from the EP or whatever. I mean, it's harder to get feedback back then. Right. If, they, if you never played it at a show... <laughs> How would they know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, someone could be like, oh, hey, I like the new record that Night Kind of Sun Moon song. It was really good. Um, but yeah, you don't have people tweeting at him about right. it. It's like, well, you know, who knows? Like, you know, dial a song, you could, you know, leave him a Gloria style message and be like, what is that Night Kind of song about? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> right. So, uh, I, yeah, I don't know, but it should be pretty clear to them now that people like this song because right. there's covers all over the place we're going to get to in a minute. Oh, yeah. Um, there, uh, I mean, it's number 30 on the wiki, and I know I would hope that they don't place too much emphasis on that. It's their band. They should decide what songs they want to play. But, I mean, I know that Flans will sometimes come on the wiki. He has said to make set lists. To go back and look at old set lists and be like, what did oh, we play in Pittsburgh that's last so cool. time? <laughs> yeah. Be like, I don't remember. What did we play in Pittsburgh right. five years ago or whatever? Someone's uploaded the set list on the wiki. He can make sure they play some different songs that time, which is super, super uh, cool of them to like, you know, kind of customize that experience, you know, just to make sure the fans stay interested. You know, they're yeah. really doing it. They're, I mean, they're doing it for themselves, but they really take the fans into account. And if they're bumming around the wiki, I mean, Flans, I don't, I, you know, I don't think his feelings are easily hurt. Just look at the rankings and see that his, that it's like all Linnell near the top. He writes the poppy ones, yeah. but we like the weird ones too. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, Sullen Moon is, I mean, obviously a Linnell song also very near the top. Um, Seems like they should play it. They should do a miscellaneous yeah. tea tour. They should. Oh my gosh, I would go see right? that. They missed that anniversary too, thanks to COVID. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, cover section. Yes. Let's get into it. So there were a lot more. This is me turning yeah. it down. There are. I found a lot. <laughs> were you aware of the double clicks? No, I've never heard of them. Oh, they are super cool. They actually contributed a track. They covered Birdhouse for my Purple to Pay uh, charity compilation, which should be streaming for all y'all to hear for free soon. Uh, we raised a lot of money off of it, though, and they contributed this Birdhouse cover for free um, that kicks off the album. There's a little video they made for it that might be available on their YouTube or their Facebook. It's also on the... This might be a podcast, uh, YouTube, if people haven't seen that, features the famous Blue Canary nightlight in the video and a little surprise visitor at the end. But this is baby double clicks. This is, I mean, you should go and, and I think they might have, I don't know if they have the doubleclicks.com, but check out their like cool style now. Like they've really found their, their niche. Um, yeah, go to the doubleclicks.com and just, check out their style there and then look back at they just looked so just you know normal yeah. normal folks you know the 11 years ago yeah. did this cover of night on the sun moon cello and uke um, which is still you know kind of what they're known for and little keyboards and stuff like that anyway did you 
are you looking at it? Yeah. <laughs> this is a, a lot more bold. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they wrote a full musical. There's a oh, musical wow. that they just put out last year. Yeah. Our musical teaching a robot to love a sci-fi musical about change, friendship, queer love, and what it means to be a person. So, Oh, coming to the Hollywood fringe festival in June, 2022. Yeah. I feel like they did a, so they, they have all the music. I think they put an album for it. I believe they did like a virtual performance of it. But this may be the debut in, in June of this year. Yeah, June 5th, 11th, 12th, 18th, and 21st. Get your tickets now so people go to doubleclicks.com slash the musical. But we are here to talk about Nightgown. So the baby double clicks, August 29th, my birthday in 2011. Uh, let's check it out. Fire alarms go off in your head. You live in the nightgown of the sullen moon. How the windows lean into the room. Gown of the sullen moon. Drug trip, it's not a drug trip, so you feel a bit insulted. Spacewalk, it's like a spacewalk with the corresponding weight loss, and you're nothing but air with your hand in the air, and your shoelaces tied up together with care. There's a feeling of boredom, of the big whoredom, following dressing up in the nightgown of the sullen moon. How the windows lean into the room. The sullen moon. Your head is on the moon. It's not necessary to breathe. Forever is long time. Your head is on the moon. It's not necessary to breathe. Forever is long time. What'd you think? It was, I was like pleasantly surprised, you know, because the video quality isn't very good. So I was like, so I was like, hmm. But like the way that the ukulele is, is sounds really nice and her voice is like really nice. Um, you know, I thought it was really probably the best one on here. Best cover on here. Really? Wow. You're really showing your whole hand here right <laughs> to start the cover section. <laughs> 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 it, yeah, I mean, th- they're great. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're, I don't know, they're uh, performer personas or whatever you want to call it. Their outfits have gotten more bold in there. I mean, it's really cool um, how far they've come. But their style, really, they've kept this kind of like intimate bedroom pop kind of style. And the cello, obviously, super unique. You don't see that a whole lot. Um, you know, they do a cool, you know, pizzicato, you know, with, with their fingers, um, for a lot of it to do kind of like a baseline. And then the uke does interesting stuff. Like it's, it's very well arranged. It's simple, yeah. but very effective. And their voices sound great. As yes. always, you should definitely check out more of their stuff. And, and yeah, the birdhouse cover they do. Is, yeah, I uh, definitely will. There is a, yeah, there was a, a purchase only compilation, but it will be streaming soon. But their song is on. It was we used as a promotional video, so people should check that out at the, this might be a podcast YouTube. Um, and then over to friend Carrie Hearn, friend of the show, and it's almost like a baby Carrie here. And that's only what three years ago. Uh, let's see, four years ago. 
Carrie's hair was so short then. I remember this was this is the era of Carrie's YouTube videos where I didn't know her yet. And she's one of the handful of people that I met through the podcast and then have gotten to know in person. Oh, cool. Because she was, she, was, she was on the They'll Need a Crane live episode, the last live episode we squeezed in before the pandemic down in Bloomington, Indiana. She was part of the roundtable, and we performed together on uh, our cover of They'll Need a Crane she played guitar on. So this one, she I, I should let her know. I'm like, hey, we played your cover. She's going to be like, no, I was just learning guitar then. <laughs> she really just... You know, she, it was yeah four or five years ago she started playing guitar, um, and I had been playing her on cover sections for months before I actually like figured out who she was because the channel is Jessie Cat. Yeah. And when I finally found out who she was, she's been on the show many times since then and done lots of covers. Let's listen to Carrie do an acoustic guitar cover of Nightgown. different it's a song that i mean like i said the chord progression is fairly simple but like the rhythm and the the speed of the changes yeah. is not simple it looks like she changed the key she bumped it from e to f oh, okay but carrie's voice is great i think yeah. carrie's voice uh especially in these early ones you know the the guitar is, is kept fairly simple by you know necessity learning the instrument and what better way to learn an instrument than point a camera at yourself and force yourself to do as well as you can? You know, that's like, she's. I do right. audio covers. I don't take video of myself. I mean, <laughs> I'm fine being on stage, but like just playing into the camera, that's not something I do. Right. But Carrie, yeah, voice sounds great. I love hearing uh, her voice. I'm, I'm kind of surprised she only kicked it up a half step. I mean, she's an alto. She's not a soprano. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, it sounded good. Uh, so moving on to... And we got more uke involved here with Willow Shetler um, sitting on their roof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the porch roof. Because you see the camera set up and you see like the looks like like purple uh, shutters on the house. Yeah. And then they appear on the camera. And here's Willow's cover of Nightgown. in the door and you fell on the floor with your hand on the knob looking up and abruptly forget what you're thinking fire alarms go off in your head you live in the night down of the sullen moon how the windows lean into the room in the night down of the sullen moon 
drug trip, it's not a drug trip, so you feel a bit insulted. Spacewalk, it's like a spacewalk with the corresponding weight loss. And you're nothing but air with your hand in the air and your shoelaces tied up together with care. There's a feeling of boredom, of the big boredom, following dressing up in the nightgown of the... Thoughts on Willows. This one was another kind of, um, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, yeah. cause you know, it was, uh, you know, but I mean, I get that it's old, but, but like, you know, camera quality, they're on a roof and I'm like, but I was like, Oh, it actually, it sounds really good. Yeah. I think they, and they really know the song. There's obviously not any music yeah. in front of them or computer, obviously. They know the song really well. They're really just kind of looking around, kind of yeah. <laughs> taking the scenery while they're playing. Right. The 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 uke strumming is really interesting. It's very um, percussive and very staccato. Really, really pushes it through yeah, even without like any that. other instruments. Yeah. Yes. And now uh, another friend of the show, another person on this book covers thing you're going to hear. Also on the purple toupee covers, another good friend of the show, No Daniel from Germany. You wouldn't know it by the name of his channel, which is Takahiro24 on SoundCloud. He also it's is like fluent in Japanese and stuff like that. So uh, he's a German dude who loves Japanese stuff and loves They Might Be Giants. So his version. Check it. Fell in the door and you fell on the floor with a hand on the knob, looking up and abruptly forget what you're thinking. Fire alarms go off in your head. You live in the nightgown of the solemn moon. How the windows lean into the room in the nightgown of the solemn moon. Drug trip, it's not drug trip, so you feel a bit insulted. Spacewalk, it's like a spacewalk with the corners forming right loss And you're nothing but air with your hand in the air And your shoelaces are tied but together with care There's a feeling of boredom, a little bit hardened Following dressing up in the nightgown of the solemn room How the windows lean into the room In the nightgown of the solemn What do you think it is? I was good to get some accordion Yeah, I like the um, accordion playing in that Mm-hmm yeah, he's a good player. He plays. Uh, I wouldn't say he puts accordion on every one of his songs, his covers, but he likes the accordion, and he just got a new one. I saw oh, nice. a picture of it. It's pretty sweet. Uh, on to okay. Also on SoundCloud, we got the Sound Syndrome. Now I saved the wackiest ones for last. These last three wacky Sound Syndrome on SoundCloud. Uh, let's check it out.
I love the picture accompanying the. Yeah. The, you you get the it's like a metal like he's giving like the metal face uh, the long hair but then there's like these like rainbowish kind of glares coming through it it's like a psychedelic yeah. metal yeah uh, I what'd, like what do you, you think that's different but I like it changes like the feel of it the tempo the, right. the rhythmic the the accents and the rhythm and obviously yeah it's a little bit heavier sound I mean, yeah it's not full on metal but it's got that kind of influence to it it's the most aggressive right next fellow greg greg behan i just talked to this fellow and his covers are amazing now i when i found it on youtube i'm like oh my god it's another baby, baby Greg. It's from 2011. <laughs> and so he's, I mean, he's younger than me. I don't know. He's somewhere. Uh, he's, I think he's in his late 20s. But here, so he's like, he's a teenager. And yeah. he's got, you know, his hood up. He's got <laughs> emo bangs. He's going to be horrified when he hears me <laughs> saying this. Because even I told it, I, I hit him up on on uh, Facebook and I said... <laughs> I just posted a link and I said, recording this episode tonight. Look how young you are. He said, oh my God. I said, it's amazing. He said, I can't believe that even exists. <laughs> and I said, dude, I said, it's an apocalyptic version. And he's just laughing. I said, it's getting played. So don't try and stop me. He said, oh man, I'm so embarrassed. I have no idea what that could even sound like. He doesn't even, he didn't even remember what, that he did it. Uh -huh. And I said, it's like a dance club gets nuked. So yeah. let's listen to that. <laughs> It, and you gotta listen to a bit of it because it goes many, many places. Breathe. 
definitely sounds very 2010 with all the uh, yeah. <laughs> with all the auto tune and everything in it. I like it a lot though. <laughs> it's just like there's so many tempo changes yeah. and and yeah, you gotta uh, you gotta hear his version of where your eyes don't go because oh, he yeah. did a cover for our episode. It's the same thing where it's like all of a sudden it's a ska song and then it's like tune <laughs> and then it's like folk punk. It's like all over the place. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably end up playing this whole thing because like you don't get you don't get the whole feeling if you even like even at, like a minute and a half it like changes completely. Yeah, just like keeps going to all these different places. It's so interesting. <laughs> it's just so much going on. <sighs> we got one more. Uh, now I'm not sure the name of this. So th- there was this um, tribute to the MIP Giants done quite quite a while ago. Someone just uploaded this on 2021, but it was called uh, "We Might Be Giants 2. and "We Might Be Giants 2. It might have its own wiki page. Yeah, it does. Okay, so um yeah it has it on the wiki page where's my purple to pay wiki page we might be giants too so this is from 1998 so we're talking cd era i mean it was a lot harder to pull together all of these uh artists at the time right. yeah these i mean there's no one really like famous on it um there's some very fun names a band called the chips are ready I like that. <laughs> Cellu- cellular Toaster Show. Oh, Kyle Carosa. I know him. He's uh, he's still around uh, the community, and I should get him on an episode. But yeah, so it was various members of the Usenet, the news group, alt.music.tmbg. So this is the old school pre-TMBW fan page, people that put this together. So the name of the group, I guess I can figure out because I have the back here. Because it, 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 I found it on SoundCloud and on YouTube, but uploaded just under different usernames. So let's see. Nightgown of the Soul Moon. Looking at the back here. It has the artist listed as Mailbox. So okay. here's Mailbox doing Nightgown of the Soul and Moon. Yeah, it's a say Mailbox dash Nightgown of the Soul and Moon. Fourth Star Hotel. And it was listed to something else on SoundCloud. But mailbox. Following dressing up in the nightgown of the sullen moon. 
I really like the like trumpet part, but you can tell it's not like a yeah. real trumpet. It's like a right. keyboard. <laughs> it's supposed to sound cheesy, which is cool because the John's done that too. I mean, even for all the real instruments and cool horn charts they've written, they even have some songs where they're like the, yeah. <laughs> the fake that keyboard trumpet. And it's almost like they lean into like this cheesy, almost like give it that kind of samba feel, almost, but like samba, whereas if you had a cheap keyboard and it had those demo tracks where you could just play a song where it'd be like samba and then it plays like a little like goofy song yeah. right it almost sounds like in that style which which i you know i'm saying that lovingly i think it's super fun yeah and yeah 1998 but like i mean this sounds like what one of us goofball fans could have cooked up today even you know this is still the kind of style that like us dorks would come up with be like check this out it's uh i like it yeah. yeah and there were there were some others uh for sure there were a lot of guitar covers a lot of you i mean a lot of other covers that could have been played had there not been just so many strong ones yeah so had to narrow it down so we're to the part of the show where you must score this song oh i've been thinking about it Mm-hmm. a little bit um so I'm allowed to do like decimal points. Yes, you are. Okay. Oh, I'm gonna give it like an eight point seven five. Okay. <laughs> so like, ah, okay. So like right. not yeah. quite a nine, but like almost a nine. Yeah. Just because it's almost an eight point eight. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wanted to if get you're rounding in between up, like eight point eight, sure, eight point five and nine, like right in the middle of that. Um, yeah yeah but yeah because it's like it's a really strong song and it's one of my favorites but it's not like my absolute but it's not even favorite. a nine okay i mean All maybe right. it's a, i was debating in between an 8.5 or it might it may be a nine. Oh, i thought you tell me it flew to you it's just like when i look at these songs i i really take advantage of the decimal points because <laughs> if i was just doing full numbers it'd be like so many sevens, eights, nines. I mean, I'm very stingy with my tens. I'm stingy with my nines, but this one is definitely over a nine for me. I think, I mean, looking at some of the other stuff I gave nines that I fully stand by, this one, oh, man, it should be played live. It should have been on an yeah. album. It, I mean, as far as I was concerned, listening to the then compilation, it was part of Lincoln because yeah. I would just pop that CD and listen to the whole thing. So to me, those B-sides, even the weird ones, were just as important as you know, and ing or whatever else. Yeah. And this song is great. I, I, mm, <laughs> I'd say it's definitely my favorite B side of theirs. Yeah. And it is one of my just straight up favorites. I'm going 9.6. Oh, wow. Yeah. Last section. Do you have anything to plug or do you want the people to find you on the socials or anything of that nature? Um, I don't really have much going on. Um, you can always add me on Facebook. I'm Meredith Jane, um, especially p- those in the uh, shit posting groups and things like that. Okay. You know, feel free to add me on Facebook. Um, those shit posters. Are you on Twitter? Yes, but I'm not like active on Twitter. I think I have an account. <laughs> yeah. Well, what is it? I'm going to put this picture out there. Um, so I want to know your Instagram and your Twitter. Let so. me look up what my Twitter is. <laughs> I don't nah. remember what it is. You're going to have to get it active now. You're going to be famous for being on the show. Right. <laughs> nah, wrong. Let me see. No, it's it's just... Meredith underscore Price. 
P-R-Y-C. So once people hear this episode, they're going to be tweeting. <laughs> crazy, so you're going to have to get active on that again. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. And, um, yeah, just, I mean, you can tell people or just for me what your uh, Instagram is. My Instagram tag, is tag just in it. Meredith Price, all one word. All righty. See, so having that Y in there, that helps. Yes. <laughs> Might have been harder to get a PRI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for being on. You have passed the test. No, there's no test. Uh, if you want to pick <laughs> another song to do later, you can reserve it. Um, I will. I can send you the spreadsheet again if you want to look. No need to choose right now. Okay. But, um, Thanks for being on. That was fun. Yes, thank you so much. And thanks for giving me so much of your time. This song uh, needed time spent yes, on it. Yes, it did. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, you have a good night. It's a school night for me, so I'm going to go collapse and uh, have, have a good one. I'll, and uh, we'll talk again. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Have a good night. Later. Bye. Bye.